0: every time
2: a proud member of the gun geek network the opinions expressed are those of each individual check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three two one
0: on this week's episode how deadpool has a taste for bob's burgers our best black friday deals and can the demon slayer slay the box office worldwide all this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows, and if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything at all that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend, he's our own Josh Creed Valhalla of Pop Culture Cosmos. Got to catch what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com, his show's Topicocalypse, and the Super BS cast, and also his awesome book, which would be a great stocking stuffer this holiday and a great Black Friday deal, Congratulations, You Suck, which is now available on Barnes and Noble and, of course, Amazon.com. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man?
3: First of all, I really just, I want to thank um, whoever donated the funds to the Pop Culture Cosmos so that we can get that really sick 30-second timer before the show. I just, that like took our production value up to like 12.
0: That Streamer. Got to give props to StreamYard on that. <laughs> But I tell you what, it's uh, so great to have everyone here listening and watching us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Big shout out to all of our great fans out there. We cannot thank you enough for watching and taking the time to go ahead and listen to our program. We've got another good one on tap today for you. First off, our guest coming up in the back half of the show on his last segment for now, although you know he's going to be coming back around again anytime soon. It is the madman on the barbecue from Australia, our good friend indeed, Mr. Ben Arnault from Smoking Hot Confessions. He's got one more recipe he wants to go in and hand down to us. That That food knowledge is coming back around, and he'll be back on once again on the back end of the show. We're going to have our top Black Friday picks for 2020. That'll come up on the back end of the show, and also the failure of the remake. Of a classic game from the past, we'll be talking about the failure of 13 coming up later in the program as well. There's some, a lot of controversy and some pretty ill will right now going on on Steam for that one. We'll also be talking about the latest trailers for Chaos Walking, Tom and Jerry, and Josh, with his anime wisdom, I wanted to go ahead and shoot at him some news on a movie that's actually in the theaters doing well somewhere in the world and this one is called Demon Slayer it's actually hitting very well even in the middle of a pandemic how good is it doing we'll go ahead and talk about that and see if it's something that could gain interest in other parts of the world coming up later in the show as well but first my friend Deadpool 3 I want to go ahead and hit you up on this looks like they have found new writers. Two writers from the Bob's Burger Show that airs in the States on Fox. I wanted to go ahead and get your opinion on this. It sounds like by finding these new writers and they're gonna be working with, of course, Ryan Reynolds on this as far as how the character's gonna be developed in the movie and obviously the script and the lines and the funny things that are gonna be said, they're gonna be tossing around to each other. But it sounds like at this point in time, deadpool threes go, so i want to hear your thoughts on deadpool 3 now being officially christened disney and marvel finally saying you know what it's time that we go ahead and venture into a world of marvel that's r-rated
3: i mean it makes me wonder if it will be r-rated so the, the people that do bob's burgers obviously they're working for disney now right yes. bob's burgers movie still scheduled to come out at some point bob's burgers fantastic show it is hilarious every time i watch it i i laugh at least three times per episode and that's a lot more than the simpsons does for me so am i on board for this absolutely do i feel sorry for the people who had been working on that film before yeah i do because it kind of is like a a slap in the face like oh your script is good but we're gonna go more in-house for this so i'm, I'm wondering if they're using the bob's burgers writers to kind of tone down the uh i guess the the crudity of deadpool
0: that was to be a mistake right there if they did I mean.
3: right because that's everyone's biggest concern right now is if it's going to end up being like a pg-13 movie in which case there's no point in going you know continuing on with it because deadpool the whole allure of Deadpool, especially to, you know, kids, I guess, who shouldn't really be watching the movie, the whole allure to people going to see that is just because of how blatantly violent and over the top it is. So if they were to take that out, that could be dangerous box office wise, and that would also be something that I don't think the Bob's Burgers team are really prepared to handle.
0: No, and I agree with you on that. And big shout out to and Fine, who's watching us. Thank you so much for hopping on at last minute notice for the Friday show, the PC multiverse, which you can still check out now on the pop culture cosmos channel. He and I had a great conversation. You want to go ahead and check that out, please. That would be greatly appreciated when it comes to Deadpool. I mean, there's no choice. You have to continually on his own movies, make it R rated. Yes. When he's out and about in the world of Marvel, if you want to connect him into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you want to put him in an Avengers movie or something like that or have him have an appearance in one of the other movies, they have to be brief. I don't think they can be extended because you have to keep them PG-13. I think that's the problem right there you have is how and when is he going to interact in movies outside of his own? I think Marvel and Disney have come to grips with the fact that they're going to have to keep on making R-rated Deadpool movies. Now, they can also end up making PG-13 cuts of them like they did with Deadpool 2. It it garnered a lot of money, but it really went didn't go over like Noah had said as well, I think, and also many other people said it wasn't just as funny as, as previous. But again, I think when it comes to Disney and Marvel, you will see Deadpool 3 as an R-rated movie. It's just the thing is, how funny will he be? How funny can he be? When he goes and interacts outside of the realm of his own movies, that's going to be the big question.
3: Another big question I'm curious about is how connected is it going to be to the MCU? Because obviously Disney is a machine, right? Disney is is into mechanizing these these franchise films. Look at Star Wars, right? So of course they want to make it so Deadpool is somehow profitable, not and not just marketed to adults but also kids. So how how are they going to? tie all that together because i guarantee you you know god willing disneyland ever reopens they're gonna start stocking deadpool merch in all these places right so that also is what another thing that leads me to believe that this is going to come out with a pg-13 rating so you know how is that all going to work I, i i feel like disney because of the money that stands to be made from Deadpool, I don't think they can let Deadpool be what it was when it was behind the wheelhouse of 20th Century Fox.
0: Ooh, I disagree with you. I think there is I think there will be a PG-13 cut of it, but I also think that there will also be an R-rated cut which will be the most heavily promoted and ultimately will be the most successful. I don't think you can go ahead and guarantee 6 to 800 million dollars like you could as far as the previous two iterations. And you could guarantee that if it's not an R-rated movie because, again, it comes down to how funny can you make Deadpool in a PG-13 format. I think in brief spurts, doing certain things within the confines of the Avengers movies or let's say a Spider-Man movie because, you know, obviously Spider-Man and Deadpool in the comic books have had a relationship and obviously uh, Ryan Reynolds has alluded to that as well with Tom Holland. And then, of course, if he interacts in the Avengers movies, you can put in little bits and pieces of him that would make it funny. The thing is, though, on his own movie, Deadpool 3, and the new writers that are in there now, Wendy and Lizzie Molyneux, those two ladies from Bob's Burgers, I think they're going to go ahead and do a major fourth wall bashing on Disney, and it's going to get Disney's blessing. I don't think Disney's going to mess with this. I really don't. I really don't think they're going to screw it up. I know it's not to everyone's liking it Disney but again they understand especially Kevin Feige Kevin Feige if he didn't have the power that he has now I would say you're right but he has the ultimate power and I think he knows what makes that character tick and click with audiences and I'm thinking right now it's got to, he, I, I think like he does that I'm, I'm sure that an R rated Deadpool because I think that will happen in the future I mean they want to make uh, what Doctor Strange 2 and the Multiverse of Madness, they want to push that as close to an R rating as possible. Plus, there could be the next Blade. There could be other movies down the line. They're seeing the success that Sony's having with Venom and now Venom 2 on the way and Morbius being R-rated flicks. I think at some point in time, they're going to have to bite the bullet and say, you know what, Deadpool's going to be an R-rated film whether we like it or not. And the question is, though, when it comes out on home video will it go to hulu or disney plus i think it would be in their best interest to take it to disney plus but that's another story altogether
3: yeah i mean i'm i hope i'm wrong i hope it is the deadpool that we all know and love but at the same time like i am fostering some doubts at this point you know and as for where it's going yeah it'll probably go to disney plus cuz i mean look they have already incorporated the x-men films into their marvel library on disney plus i don't know if logan's up there i haven't actually like dug around at all for that but you know it would make sense just from a marketing standpoint to throw those all together
0: i think eventually it will lead to either an adult section a centered off section for only 18 plus for people that are accessing disney plus or again as i've told you ad nauseum my friend ultimately combining all the hulu And everything that they've got into one Disney Plus package. I think that's the ultimate that they're going to have to do. I think at some point in time, you will just have to say, you know what? Netflix is able to take care of all this content from G to R rated and are able to manage it. And they're able to manage it effectively enough. We need to go ahead and do the same thing because Disney Plus, is that's the future for Disney. It's not necessarily Hulu. It is Disney Plus, and I think they're in their best efforts if they want to go ahead and and match up with Netflix long term, go ahead and get everything, and that would include the Deadpools of the world and all the other R-rated things that they have from 20th Century Fox or anything that they've thrown Hulu's way. I think ultimately that's the choice that they have to make, but for now, Deadpool 3, I think they're going to write it and produce it with the full intent of its original version, being in an R-rated format, although I will say that it will not be out of the realm of possibility if there's a once upon a Deadpool type deal where it is a PG-13 cut shown as well.
3: Yes. So, I mean, I I, I would say, yes, I was thinking. Of <laughs> like, like, pa- dramatic important.
0: pause. Yes.
3: But, yeah, no, I, I mean, I totally hope that it remains the same. I just, I foster doubts, you know, and, like, I totally see... Them going PG 13 for the sake. And here's the thing though, the reason that I'm so set on that idea is because of Star Wars. Just to see how badly they were willing to butcher Star Wars for the sake of selling action figures and merchandise. And that is what worries me about the future of Deadpool.
0: I'm just saying this if they did come out with it as a strict PG 13 movie, and I'm talking about Deadpool 3, there would be such a huge backlash. And that would kill the Deadpool character and also would kill any future for the Deadpool movies. I don't think you would want to kill any chance you had for future Deadpool movies. Because if you just brought it out as a PG-13 movie, I think that's done. I think you could just say it's done. I think you have a limit on how much Deadpool can make as an entire movie as a PG-13 movie. I think you have so much of a limit for it. And I think there's just going to be so much of a demand for an R-rated Deadpool 3 That I don't think he would. I just think it would be just so much social media backlash and so much consumer backlash that it would essentially kill the Deadpool character, even though he really can't be killed.
3: Yeah, I mean, I and I totally agree with that. But I just like I don't see it being outside of the realm of possibility with Disney. I hope I'm wrong. Again, I really, really hope I'm wrong.
0: What are your thoughts out there on Deadpool 3? It's now underway. A new writing team from Bob's Burgers is now a part of the production and it it looks like they're gonna go ahead and coordinate with Ryan Reynolds on a Deadpool 3. So Deadpool 3 is moving forward. It is going to most likely be somewhere contained within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But we wanna hear your thoughts on the bigger question. Do you think Deadpool 3 will be released only As a PG-13 movie or do you think it will be released as an R-rated movie with either a PG-13 option added or just as an R-rated movie in and of itself we want to hear your thoughts on this popculturecosmos at yahoo.com we really want to hear your thoughts on that because it is a big question I think going forward it will be an R-rated movie now obviously there's going to be times where if he's going to be in the MCU that he's going to be involved with the Avengers that might be different. He might be more PG-13 Deadpool, but when it comes to Deadpool 3, we want to hear your thoughts on whether or not it will be released initially as an R-rated film. Share us your thoughts, Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com.
1: Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast.
0: Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos. Well, my friend, there's so much more to talk about on today's program. Did you get a chance to see the latest trailer for Chaos Walking? A kind of dystopian sci-fi film with Tom Holland, Mads Mickelson, Daisy Ridley, Nick Jonas. I want to hear your thoughts on this because I have some, but you watched it most recently. So I want to hear your thoughts on Chaos Walking and see if it matches somewhere near mine.
3: I don't know. It has that same vibe I got. What was that movie with Natalie Portman? And they went into, the, like, the sheen, right? And there's... Uh, well, the
0: one you saw, you went to the movie...
3: Annihilation.
0: Yeah, Annihilation, because you went to go see that film in the theaters.
3: Yes, I did, and I regret it. Well, I mean, I don't regret it. It was, it was worth watching, I guess, in order to understand that, like, I, I appreciate what they did, you know? But it just wasn't my favorite thing. It gave me vibes of annihilation, like just seeing the, like the the little shine around his head, and just the way that was filmed. Seeing the the color palettes they used for the cinematography, so it looks it looks gritty. It looks really cool in that aspect. My hope is that it doesn't turn out being another like Valerian. Is that what that movie is called? With, yeah. Um, yeah. So my hope is that it doesn't turn out being like that. The story sounds really interesting. I thought that it was more of a like indiana jones type film in space but i guess it's it's not really that it's more of because i've never read the book so it looks more like a uh i guess a mixture of the rundown where they're just like fl- running through the wilderness and it looks more like a survival film i guess is what i'm trying to say
0: well it, and, it's it well i'll just give everybody a rundown real quick my friend on this basically daisy ridley's ship crashes uh, onto a planet the planet is is i think only has men on it and the men can read each other's minds and she can read all their minds but they can't read hers i think that's pretty much the gist of it and then there's also at the end i guess a threat of alien races that were either following her or after her, they're coming to go ahead and invade the planet if that's i think that's the vibe i got is that correct
3: yes yeah so um it 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 looks cool it looks something like i could something like something that i would be down to watch I don't know. Like, what, what are your thoughts on it, though? It, Daisy Ridley looks like she is trying to break away from Star Wars a little bit. Maybe that's why
0: film. she had the blonde hair.
3: Right, and Tom Holland is good. I, the, I, I love the idea of her being able to see his thoughts. My one reservation is I saw they have a dog in this, and if they pull an I Am Legend and kill the dog, then it's going to have my instant hatred. It's always your
0: deal breaker for that, my friend. Uh, first thing that comes up is the big question. Daisy Ridley, like you said, is in it, and she has her natural voice on it. And, you know, she has the blonde hair, so she's trying to look different, like you said, trying to escape the shadow of Star Wars, per se. And then you have Mads Mikkelsen, who could end up being in the Fantastic Beast movies. We don't know yet for sure, but something that's been talked about. He's in it, and then Nick Jonas. I want to talk about Tom Holland. We all know he's from the UK. And we all know that he's going to have his uh, his American voice for Spider-Man and Uncharted, uh, even though, again, don't test me on Uncharted. This is going to be an issue I'm going to have to deal with. I'm still coming to grips with it because I don't think he's the right choice to play Nathan Drake. But then again, that's me. What's up with the fact that this movie, he could have actually used his regular voice and chose not to? I don't get that. I mean, you've got Daisy Ridley in her British accent. Why not use his normal accent in this film? It's not like he doesn't have to. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Is there an incessant need for Tom Holland, who does all of his interviews in his normal accent? I just don't get it. I don't understand it. You're going to have to clue me in
3: on this. I don't know. I mean, I thing, uh, normal accent, are we talking like his with his British accent?
0: Yeah, his normal British accent. He doesn't use it in this film. Why? I don't, I don't understand.
3: I don't know. I mean, I think people see him as the Spider-Man character and they want him to remain as the Spider-Man character. But he I, does I, all
0: of his interviews in his normal voice, which is British.
3: Yeah, well, okay, so you look at, like, war epics, right? They're usually done with British accents. You look at these, like, gritty survival films, they're usually done with, like, these hardcore Am- Americans, I guess. So that they, I'm sure it's like a, they want to give the illusion of this being something like that and not... Uh, I don't know, not more refined like you would find someone with a British accent and if that makes sense.
0: Well, knowing and fine just drops some knowledge with us on on the film. The film, I guess, is something that's been on ice for a little while, maybe as early as 2017. Maybe it's reshoots intended. So this could be something that may not be the most beloved by the studio that they may want to either just put straight on a home video or on demand or Something that may not go over well. I mean, that doesn't sound or bode well for the film if it's been on ice that long. I want to hear your thoughts on that because this is something to me I'm on the fence about. I'm not entirely digging it. Tom Holland's accent aside, I'm just kind of eh on the fence on. I want to hear your thoughts on this because, yeah, you know, I, mean, I appreciate again props to Noe and Fine for letting us know on
3: that. Yeah, it was supposed to come out a couple of years ago, and I don't, I don't really know like what happened to it. But I don't know. You know, this is a, a book series. I don't really know anything about. So as far as the story goes, I am intrigued by what I saw in the trailer. Is it something that I'm going to rush out to theaters to watch? I don't know if it's something that is like going to hit on demand and I can watch it from home. Yeah, I'd probably pay you know the 14, 15 bucks to sit down and watch that. It didn't blow me away, if that makes sense. Like it didn't. I didn't watch him be like, "Oh my gosh, that looks so cool." It's not. It was didn't have that wow factor for me. It's just one of those, like you know, you see a trailer, like, "Oh, that looks all right." Maybe I'll watch it one day. That's what it was for me.
0: There you go. I think that's probably something for me. When it hits like cable television or something like that for me, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to go out and and make an effort to see it. I might. You never know. Or if it, like you said, if it goes straight to on demand, you never know. You never know. But. Again, you always worry about movies that have been on ice for that long, and I appreciate, again, Noah Ian Fine comment that uh, Tom's American accent sounds more everyman, but it's not him, you know, and this is a chance and opportunity for him to go ahead and use his own voice, but, uh, you yeah, know, that's, that's up to him, and that's up to, I guess, maybe more relatable to an audience, I guess. And, and I have a feeling that we're going to find out more inside information on this film. Because it's something, again, that's been on ice as early as 2017. So we'll see what the plans are ahead. There was no release date given. It says coming soon. So who knows when it's coming out. But it said soon. So we're going to anticipate a release in the near future for Chaos Walking. We want to hear your thoughts on Chaos Walking. Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Tom and Jerry, my friend, I know you got a chance to check out that trailer as well. Uh, I have some differing opinions on it than you do, it sounds like.
3: So I, I didn't necessarily like say I liked it or I wanted to run out to see it because in all probability, I probably won't watch it. But I would be lying if I said that the trailer did not make me chuckle just a little bit. Tom and Jerry, like I remember growing up watching the show and like them being so physically abusive to one another. Like it it just it was violent beyond all means, but you could not help but laughing at it. Like this cartoon led an entire generation of American kids into being sadistic (laughs) in a way. So I'm sitting here watching this. Yes, it's animated. But I'm still curious how they're able to make something like this in 2020 because I guarantee you're going to have kids walking out of the movie theater and they're going to be uh, mimicking this in some way. So I'm I, just. I
0: can't wait to hear the first I dropped an anvil on another kid.
3: Accident. Right. Yeah. Or like, yeah, my brother was playing the piano and I decided to roll a bowling ball onto his fingers. Like, I don't know how they were able to, like, I I don't know what the backlash is going, this could be, this this could be big. I mean, the backlash from a movie like this could be insane. It looks like, I'm I'm curious if people, because, you know, people took their kids to see the Smurfs, right? And then all of a sudden, all the, like, the church moms and all over the place were like, oh, the Smurfs are awful. And so I'm just wondering if this is going to have the same effect. Like, we're going to see like boycotts and stuff. Probably not, but I mean, it's an interesting thought. And
0: well, on- I, if we had movie theaters to actually go to,
3: right? Yeah. So that's going to lead to my next question on demand or movie theaters?
0: On demand. I think of maybe a sprinkling of movie theaters, but at these days, I mean, right now, the box office winner, which is Freaky, with Freaky, that horror movie that's out that we really liked with the Freaky Friday twist that was the box office winner at $1.2 million for the weekend. So that tells you right there that nobody is going to the theaters. So even a movie like that, which has garnered some critical success and has actually gotten a lot of notoriety for Vince Vaughn, unfortunately is going to have to reap its rewards on a home, the- a home, home video aspect. And I think Tom and Jerry are too. The bigger question is, what are Michael Peña and Chloe Grace Moritz Mar- doing on there? I know... Noah had his uh, opinions on it. You know, you're just signing it for a contract. It's a money deal, but Michael Pena, I mean, is he cashing in on his Atman success by doing Dora, by doing Tom and Jerry? What cartoon character movie is he going to do next? Is he going to do, let's say a return to Popeye? I don't know. It just seems like it's, it's beneath him and and Chloe Grace Maries, I know her career hasn't gone in the right direction. I think a lot of people were hoping it would after the kick-ass movies, but Especially with Michael Pena, I don't know what's going on. And Fantasy Island, my gosh! I mean, if I was him, maybe I would have fired his agent, unless they're really good paydays. So you don't know.
3: You know, okay. So I I feel like we're comparing a lot of like when we when we look at modern actors and we ask ourselves why are they in that? I think we're comparing them too much to the uh, you know these these classically trained big names that we're so used to. Like I look at someone like Michael Pena, Chloe Grace Moretz. So I I look at actors like them and I I feel like we're coming up in a generation of actors who just don't care what they're in. They just are going to be in everything. Like I, I don't think they look at a project and go, oh, that's going to kill my career because there are so many people. Look at Robert Downey Jr., for example, who was in a movie that, you know, he did a lot of movies that weren't really that good and then he nailed the Iron Man part and then boom, he blew up. So I don't really think that it's a concern people as much these days what really bothers me about michael Pena, though is that people are constantly typecasting him like he always plays the same role in every movie you know or more or less you know he's he's typecasted as hispanic characters like that's what he gets typecasted as and that kind of he's a really
0: impressed. good actor he right, is he...
3: right he's a fantastic actor and he's got so much potential but he just keeps on getting crammed into the same roles that just in slightly different variations
0: Things like Tom and Jerry and Fantasy Island. These are movies that are not going to be well-remembered years down the line. So I I just don't understand why he feels the need to go ahead and get... Like I said, he wants to go ahead and pad that account. And if that's the case, then more power to him on that. But it's kind of disappointing for someone of his character who has such a great career ahead of him. I'm hoping that he'll get some good dramatic roles to maybe supplement off that. Because that's what we see sometimes. Where there's a good dramatic actor, he or she will have those payday roles... And then that actor or actress will go ahead and supplement that with the Academy Award winning or Academy Award beloved type films to offset that. But Tom and Jerry, it's Tom and Jerry. Like you said, it could be something that's very controversial for all the different reasons. These are cartoons that have have taken place even before you and I were born, that they were created. And the violence that's on them, which we were always laughing at as a kid, now in 2020 is going to be perceived as something much different. So I'm curious to see if they will continue with that level of violence or if they will do something very subdued that won't get the characters over at all. And that would be disappointing if that's the case, but we'll have to wait and see. But it is a Tom and Jerry movie. It is a Chaos Walking movie that are upcoming in the near future. But we want to hear your thoughts. Did you check out the trailers? Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next is Ben Arno from Smoking Hot Confessions. He's got one last recipe to go ahead and, and shout out to everyone out there before the end of 2020, and he's going to drop that up next, right after the break. And then after that, we're going to be talking some Demon Slayer, our top Black Friday picks for this year, and the failure of the remake of 13. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents... Action figure adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get? How will he get it? And how well will he do? Find out in 2020.
0: All right, and we're back with the program. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is my good friend indeed. It is. Ben Arno, you got to check out what he's doing today at smokinghotconfessions.com and basically type in the words smoking hot confessions and SHC will just come up all over the place on any medium, any social media, any form, any outlet, and the group that he has on Facebook that has over ten thousand people, I think, on it. If you're fifteen thousand people. At least on your page, you've got fifteen thousand people. Like, so there are thousands and thousands of people who just basically follow this man. You got to check out what he's doing today at Smoking Hot Confessions. Everywhere you go, it is Ben Arnaud. It's always great to talk to you, my friend.
2: Thank you for having me, man.
0: Any holiday tips? Just general holiday tips. You don't have to go on a main course or anything like that, but any general holiday tips for people out there in regards to what they need to do, because, you know, obviously with all that's gone on in 2020, closing out the year safe, closing out the year festive, we need our spirits higher than any, any point in time, maybe in the last 20, 30 years. This has not been a good year for many people out there, and closing it out the right way would be awesome, and having a, a good festive way to do it, but any advice on how to make that happen?
2: Yeah, look, my advice would be to to make the most of the opportunities that, that you have presented. So, okay, so you can't get everybody together. Great. Take the pressure off. Don't worry about cooking a giant meal to feed 20 people. Just worry about cooking for three people or four people. And instead of getting a whole turkey, get just a turkey breast or the, or the double breast or um, turkey wings are actually starting to become quite a thing here as well in Australia. If you've got like a like a Weber kettle, push your charcoal baskets together in the middle, season up the turkey wings, put them all around the outside, get that charcoal cranking as hot as you possibly can. The rounded lid on the Weber is going to reflect that heat back down around the outside. You can end up with some delicious crispy skinned turkey wings, which is a really delicious way to have turkey without a lot of the stress and the hassle of having to try and cook a whole bird. You're doing it to Um, me again.
0: You're doing it to me again.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, Don't look at uh, the COVID situation as as limitations and restrictions. Look for the opportunities that it presents. So, you know, the holiday times are always really stressful. So take that pressure off yourself. You don't need to cook for all those people. Find lots of simple little things to do. You know, one thing I'm really excited about is I've just finally found a blackberry supplier here on the Gold Coast because blackberries are really hard to find. So I'm going to be making up just some little small trays of of blackberry cobbler that I'm going to roast in the Weber over charcoal, and you know I'm I'm really looking forward to these different opportunities, and I'm really looking forward to being able to share some of these different cooking adventures that I'm going to take using exactly what I said, using Zoom and some earbuds, and sharing that out through the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Community and doing all that sort of thing as well. So that would be my advice: is just uh, yeah, look for the silver linings, look for the opportunities to. To take some of the pressure off yourself because you're probably already super stressed out as it is so be kind and and uh, you know t- take care of yourself
0: great advice indeed from a good man who you've got to follow today i've just got three words for you go to google actually i've got a little bit more than that Go I to was Google. Say that's
2: it that's three words you're done <laughs> go to
0: google type in these words smoking hot confessions and the whole experience known as smoking hot confessions comes up before we head on out my friend i need you to go ahead and give everyone the lowdown on why the smoking hot confessions not only is a great place to go that's not a cult but my gosh not the yet. smell <laughs> not yet but the smell of the great food that might come that way might just lead you all the way in
2: yeah so smoking hot confessions with we're, we're we're australia's number one source for all things barbecue And through the podcast, we explore not just the Australian barbecue scene, but the American barbecue scene as well. One of my most recent episodes, I was talking with Ray Sheehan of Barbecue Buddha from New Jersey, for example, and talking about his new cookbook and all that sort of thing. So we do cover all all the different corners of the barbecue industry. We do recipes, we do how-tos, we do advice, we do different videos for different things that you can do on the grill. We've got our podcast, which is now released in video and in audio form as well, which has gone great guns. So, you know, we really hit it from all sides. We do have the SmokingHotConfessions.com website where you can go to grab all some Smoking Hot hats and T-shirts and very important, some uh, some vacuum insulated drinking containers, which is always very important to keep your water icy cold while you're barbecuing and all of that sort of gear as well. So the website is the hub for everything. That's where we do post all the recipes and the how-tos, tips, advice, articles, each episode of the podcast gets its own page on there. And then we are all over the socials as well. So YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. I do have a TikTok account, but I'm not particularly disciplined about TikTokking. Does Just like only- the grill sing instead of you. Yeah, that could be quite interesting, actually. I could just sort of grab the Weber lid and sort of lift it up in time with the music to make it look like the Weber's singing. I, yes. I like that.
0: There you go. <laughs> Well, once again, just type in Smoking Hot Confessions and the whole experience of great barbecue grilling, great ideas, great people to talk to, and so much more is all right there for you. The videos, the podcasts, the articles, so much more. It's all right there for you at Smoking Hot Confessions. And again, there's no better place to go for all your food needs than SmokingHotConfessions.com. Well, my friend, it's been great talking as always. I love it when I get to talk to my great friend from Australia, Ben Arnaud. So many years dealing with me, this yank right here in the U.S., I guess is how you guys say it. I'm just so pleased and so honored as always. I will get you back on the program ASAP. I just might do it straight from the grill.
2: Sounds good to me, man. I look forward to it.
0: I look forward to it as well. And as always, I look forward to having you a part of the pop culture. Cosmos
1: you're listening to the pop culture cosmos
0: and we're back to close out the show. This is the pop culture cosmos. Want to give a big thank you again to our good friend in Australia, Ben Arno from smoking hot confessions. You got to check out what he's doing on everything relating to the barbecue scene at SmokingHotConfessions.com, And of course his videos, his podcasts, be a part of his group on Facebook and so much more. He's all over social media. Just type in smoking, hot confessions And you'll be glad you did plus also you got to check us out next week next week we're going to be live from IndiePods united it is a great five-day event if you're a podcaster want to be a podcaster or just looking for some great entertainment and podcast shows not only that we're going to have musicians they're going to have live music comedians entertainers interviews panels workshops podcasts and so much more It is IndiePods United for ticket information, and as of this recording right now, it is still $10 for the entire event. Five days equates to $2 a day. Five days, $10. Just hit up IndiePodsUnited.com for ticket information through Eventbrite. Please, I know the people that have been working on it so hard, big shout out to Tina Marie from the Psychedelic Podcast. She's been working so hard to make this happen. Just finished a major discussion on the IndiePods Pods United Top 25 with a great panel of judges on that. and Give a shout out to Rhea and Johnny who were with me on that as far as helping make this happen. So we've come up with the Indie Pods United Top 25 independent podcast for 2020. If you want to check out all the nominees, that's at Indie Pods United on Facebook. But my friend, before we head on out, Demon Slayer. This is something that might be up your alley as the anime guy. That you are. Demon Slayer is a movie that's currently out overseas in the Far East, but it is garnering huge money to the tune of $214 million already. It's one of the only movies this year that is garnering any type of interest for people to actually go in and watch it. It's something that maybe when it appears on Netflix or appears on somewhere down the road, it should be very interesting. But I want to hear your thoughts on Demon Slayer, how this movie is garnering so much interest that in the middle of a pandemic is still driving people in and breaking records on the other side of the
3: world. Well, from what I understand, their theater rules are a lot more structured than what we have here. So I think people feel a little safer going to the movies out there. As for Demon Slayer, I can't really speak to any anything about the anime because I've never seen it before. I've been I was reading about the film itself and it it sounds like it has a really interesting plot. What I think everyone's constantly underestimating is just how like popular anime is. So Demon Slayer is a, is a sequel to, a I think it was a series made in 2016 or 17. But I think that the American market is constantly underestimating just how much people love anime. Like you go to hot top you go to box lunch you go to any any store really and you're gonna find racks of like My Hero Academia you're gonna find a lot of Dragon Ball Z stuff Dragon Ball Super even a lot of Gundam stuff and that just goes to show you that like people there is a big craving for anime and I I know that we do back when like the Inuyasha films came out Edwards did a big run of those and I don't know if they made a lot of money but they just stopped doing that. Like several years ago, they just stopped doing that. I think the last thing that Edwards played was Sword of the Stranger or Eureka Seven. I don't is one of those films, but there was just years where there was nothing, no anime events in theaters. And I think that if they were to to play some anime in theaters, we would see people turning out to watch this stuff. And because they don't do that, I just I don't think that they're willing to like test the waters here enough to try stuff like that. But it makes sense. And I wonder if we're going to be seeing a North American release of that same film.
0: I'm wondering that as well. I have a feeling, though, it's going to probably not get a box office release, or, you know, obviously, and right now it's going to be a very limited one. I have a feeling Netflix is going to end up, because they have really done a number on getting anime. They've really cornered the market on that ahead of Crunchyroll, ahead of some of the other anime specialists. They have really gone and. Went ahead and really tried to make a marketplace out of the anime industry. So I think Netflix would be my odds on bet to see it here in America. I'm just, I'm not, it's not something I know per se, but I think at some point in time it's going to end up on a major platform like Netflix because I think this is garnering too much interest overseas to pass up.
3: Oh yeah absolutely. And I would hope that it does, you know with Netflix and their anime, my only complaint about what they do is that they have these shows that go maybe two or three seasons in and then they don't finish them and I don't know like if there's how the the market works or stuff like that as far as like Funimation and Wright stuff. I think it's the same company Bandai, whoever it is who makes these like these big high profile anime series. I'm curious how the distribution rights work for things like that, you know.
0: Uh, I'll tell you what, it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out because it is Demon Slayer and it's breaking box office records in the Far East, in Taiwan, in Japan, it's really doing a number and it just seems to be something a lot of people are very interested in and it's an anime that could garner some big dollars as far as selling off the rights to one of either the anime specialist networks or Netflix I have a feeling it will probably be Netflix because Netflix keeps its eye on projects like these. And somehow they managed to go ahead and matriculate there. And they're spending a lot of money on projects like these. And I think that's going to end up there most likely. Although, again, that's still up for debate. But I want to hear your thoughts out there. If you've heard of Demon Slayer, if you're interested in Demon Slayer, we want to hear your thoughts. If this is going to be the type of anime you really want to get into when you get a chance to go ahead and watch it. We want to hear your thoughts,
1: popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the pop culture cosmos. and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis.
0: Well, my friend, let's go ahead and hit some Black Friday picks for 2020. I wanna hear some deals, man. Deals, 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 cause Black Friday is around the corner. So go ahead, hit me up, man, I'm ready. Go ahead and hit me with some deals. My wallet is in another room. My credit card's are in another room, so I can't spend it right now, but I'll have my internet ready. Go ahead and hit me up with some Black Friday picks for 2020.
3: So I've, it's, it's weird this year because everyone has already kind of put their stuff on sale, and it's been on sale for the past couple weeks. So let me start with what I've bought already. So I've been to Best Buy, and Best Buy's got some really great deals on on Marvel and DC movies, they're just great deals all around the board. You know, I got Aquaman on Blu-ray for five bucks. I got Birds of Prey on Blu-ray for five bucks. I had, I got uh, what else? I got the two Spider-Man movies on Blu-ray for five bucks. We went to Walmart and I was able to purchase Rise of Skywalker for on 4K Blu-ray for like seven dollars. So that was a pretty good deal. A movie I normally wouldn't have bought, but at seven dollars, you can't really complain. Mortal Kombat Legends I got um, for like $3. So I've, I've done a lot of movie shopping so far. What I'm looking at that hasn't started yet, or actually is starting and is up now, it looks like. You go to Target, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. I've been looking into getting that pack, and that's about $25 right now. Same thing with Star Wars Squadrons. If you did not play Final Fantasy VII, the remake, which we talked about before that we started recording, that is also twenty four ninety nine at Target. Forza Horizon 4, if you don't have Games Pass, is also there. You know, Moving on to Walmart, they have quite a few different titles as far as you can get Mortal Kombat, 15 bucks on Xbox One, PS4. Mortal
0: Kombat 11, correct?
3: Oh, yeah. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, 15 bucks. If you're on the fence about playing Death Stranding, this will be a good time to pick it up for 20 bucks. Same thing with Days Gone. You can pick up the Resident Evil 2 remake for $20, which I think is is highly worth it. Moving on to Best Buy here, they've got some pretty great deals. Again, their Blu-rays are up to like $18 off. So, I mean, this is a really great chance if you're looking in the market for 4K and you're looking for like Marvel, DC stuff, even horror franchises like The Conjuring, you can pick up a lot of things. I know it's it's, it's really cool right now for kids to to have seen the movie It. So, if you're in that crowd, uh, there's $6 at Best Buy. Okay, so I, I've been perusing Target, Have you noticed that Target is, they've become a lot more expensive lately?
0: Well, there is a couple of of door busters, as they would say in retail back when I was in there and doing it, loss leaders. But there is a couple of interesting door busters. The Beats headphones at a $174.99, those are some high-end wireless headphones that I think a lot of people would be interested in. Those are, I think, about $150 off of the normal MSRP, so that's a good deal right there. But the yeah. thing that catches me most of all the tv deals and i've we mentioned on the show here all month long as far as the tv deals i really really think that the 65 inch tcl that is got 120 clear motion refresh rate at 229.99 for 65 inch tcl i think that one appeals to me the most as far as from a good value what you're getting tcl's a, a known brand i see them every year at ces and i do see them out at other retailers so i'm gonna say right now you're right about target about the prices being a little bit higher especially on the video games side i I thought they were there was not as many attractive deals as i once saw
3: they're not dip i mean and also target has some really great deals on uh, tv mounts i know those are crazy expensive so you're looking to get one that has well those are actual, high margin
0: those are high margin you, products yeah
3: exactly but if you're looking at one that looking for something that has maybe two or three inch clearance from the back of the wall because for me we have a 70 inch tv in the front room and i busted one of the HDMI outlets on there it's nice going it plugged in yeah so you know i can only use the ones on the side but way to I, go josh way to go yeah, foolish josh foolish josh anyways if you are looking for something that has a little more clearance, Target has some good deals on TV mounts. I haven't actually looked at Best Buy's TV mounts yet, but back to Target, yeah, they're like, "Hey, we have deals going on, but they're only like 3 or 4 dollars off, like it's no different from any other like Sunday ad." So it's not really something I'm interested in shopping. What I am interested in with Target is the buy 2 get 1 free on movies, music, and books. So uh, every year i search for a thing like gundam blu-rays on sale and what i have discovered with target though they're not on sale i can buy two two of the box sets and get one for free so if you're in the market for for anime target actually would be a target.com would actually be a great place to go right now anything else from target you're interested in looking at
0: like i said the video game deals were kind of disappointing to me there yeah. uh, i do want to say you mentioned best buy if somebody has not picked up gears five which Mm -hmm. i haven't as of yet and it's five dollars just letting you know gears five is going to be five dollars at best buy i believe it's the price right now so i mean not right now but uh, during black friday so gears five which i think is going on for best buy and sale on wednesday take a look for it it's going to be i think five dollars plus also gamestop which is something we don't normally talk about as far as i'm concerned we did cover their
3: ad last week but you can buy, sorry, you can buy Gears 5 at Best Buy for $5 right now if you wanted to head over there. I might just do that. Gosh
0: darn it, my friend. You, stop it, stop it. You're making me spend already.
3: It's worth it, though. It's a great game.
0: I'm, I also want to go into GameStop. Like I said, GameStop is something we don't usually see, have a lot of great deals at, but Borderlands 3 for nine that's very attractive. Something I know you were really into with the Borderlands community as far as it's concerned you really like the Borderlands series of games and then the biggest thing and i have not seen it marked anywhere lower and it was very surprising to me i had to check it twice but star wars squadrons at 1699 for a game that recently came out that has garnered a lot of critical success and is something that yes it doesn't have the longest campaign in the world but it's kind of fun and then the multiplayer is kind of fun as well. For something that is pretty solidly thought of, another successful EA Star Wars game, to have it at 16 99 which is actually less expensive than Jedi Fallen Order is on any of its sales for Black Friday, that I found very surprising, even though it's marked you know, initially as a lower MSRP.
3: If you were hesitating to play Star Wars, like this is the time to pick it up. You can even, what was it? It was Walmart, I think, had... Jedi Fallen Order for around that same price so I mean if you're in the market to play some Star Wars games this would definitely be the time to pick them up.
0: What are your thoughts out there on some great Black Friday deals? We want to hear your thoughts. If you have any in mind we'll go ahead and update people out there on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. We'll go ahead and give people updates there if you have any in mind or if we see any more great deals whether it's on blackfriday.com or any of the other Black Friday Ad sites. If we see any other great deals, we will definitely share that along right on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. So take a look for that. But again, if you have any thoughts on it, questions, or if you just want to go ahead and share some great deals, let us know. Pop Cosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for being a part of it once again. But before we head on out, this is one of my favorite, favorite original Xbox games. That's 13, the Roman numeral 13. It was a very intriguing game. I didn't know very much about it when I first picked it up, but my gosh, I got invested in the story. It's about a guy that's suffering from amnesia. He wakes up alongside the beach, and then he finds out that he may or may not have killed the president. So you gotta go uncover this plot. He used a, a, at that time, I wouldn't say revolutionary, but very stylistic cell shading technology had a really good comic book type of feel with the panels that they use in comic books. That style was utilized very well in the game. And then the multiplayer, even though it was only a four-player multiplayer, I think, it was still very cool to play. And I loved using the crossbow in that game. Oh, it was just such a fun time. I thought it was actually kind of cool. I was looking forward to a remake that was happening of it and refreshing or reimagining of it coming out this year from Microids. It came out to extremely horrible reviews because the development companies involved, unfortunately, decided to go ahead and take most of the cell shading colors and and cell shading technology away and tried to give it its own look and feel and in essence took a lot of the gameplay as well from it. It's earning one of the lowest scores ever on Steam. And it's gone to the point where the company itself is blaming the coronavirus and blaming other things and apologizing profusely for it. So I want to hear your thoughts. This is something that we've talked about before on many episodes, is whether these games should be remade, refreshed. And we actually talked about it, Noah and I, and you and I, before the program about Final Fantasy VII Remake that got nominated for Game of the Year. That's on one side of the spectrum. Unfortunately, the 13 Remake is on the other.
3: Yeah. uh, So it's funny, like cases like this where people really are the creators of these games really underestimate how much people love the animation style in games, you know, like you're, if what you said is correct. And one of the big staples of 13 was the animation style. It, sounds like that was not something their marketing team really did any research on trying to find out like what made people want to buy the game you know when you look into a game and find out like what makes this game worth remaking literally rebuilding from the ground up you would think that you would do some research and find out that hey people really like the animation in this game and i don't know if i would if like corona is a great excuse it probably is just a lack of preparation done on their part for this game it is disappointing because I do know a lot of people were interested in this, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who are, yeah, like yourself, and there are other people probably hoping to get a, maybe a sequel out of this, so that aspect's disappointing, and, you know, it's like, I think what, we've talked about Final Fantasy Seven Remake, what really did well with that one, I think what really got that off the ground was the fact that it wasn't so much a remake as it was a retelling. I don't know a game like 13 if they had enough fandom to really push an idea like that, but again, you know, anytime you're remaking a game, you're taking a risk because there are certain reasons that people really like these games, and if you miss those reasons, then it's just not going to bode very well for you.
0: I've had a chance to to review two. Pretty solid remakes this year. And were they perfect remakes or remasters? No. But still, they were shown that they had enough development time to go ahead and and put out some really decent quality remakes. Unfortunately, that's not going to be the same for 13. And you're right. When it comes to Final Fantasy VII, they did put the time and care into it. And they built a lot of aspects into it that were new and fresh and exciting. But they also did a lot of things to go ahead and remind us of what was so great about Final Fantasy VII. Is a game of the year worthy i don't know again noah and i discussed that on friday's show you'll have to hear that debate i think there were some parameters that i don't think it qualifies for but that's just me but when it comes to 13 and the remake it's just something they should have avoided altogether once they started going ahead and really messing with what was so great about 13
3: yeah if if anyone else had thoughts out there i'd be curious to know because i mean I want to know what makes a good remake in people's minds. You know, like I've played a few remakes and I've enjoyed them just for the sake of going back to that world, you know. But in other people, there's certain aspects of every game that they want to see redone. So I just am curious if you guys can shoot us an email and let us know, like, what makes a good remake? Because I'm genuinely curious of what people think of that.
0: And I'm issuing disappointment at publisher Microids and then the developer Playmagic. We always cite developers and publishers when we can when they do something good unfortunately we're gonna to have to cite those two when they did something bad and hopefully they will go ahead and regroup and maybe refresh somehow 13 to make it to a point where people are satisfied with it i don't see that being the case i see them going ahead and dropping everything and then moving on but we'll see what happens but there's a lot of technical glitches there's a lot of things that people don't like the animation and and things that were done to basically destroyed whatever legacy that was available on 13 and so i'm hoping that we will have better remakes and remasters and refreshes in the future i.e mass effect hopefully bioware won't blow that one better not that's another one from my past that i really don't want them to mess with but again we'll find out coming up here in 2021 what are your thoughts out there on the 13 remake let us know pop cosmos at yahoo.com well, Josh, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for joining me once again on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Our true best wishes to our good friend Marcus, who's still under the weather at this point in time. Hopefully he'll be back on with us. It will be PCC Multiverse number 200 coming up at the end of this week. 200, man. 200.
3: Yeah, we've been at this for a long time. So thank you to everyone who's been following us that long. But yeah, it's it's been quite the ride you know, over all these years.
0: Absolutely. So on Black Friday, we're going to be dropping our PCC Multiverse number 200. Hopefully we can make something special out of it. Maybe some guests dropping by. or We're going to try and have just a great time because it is the 200th episode for the PCC Multiverse. And it's all because of you that we've been able to get this far. So we truly appreciate everyone out there who's been a part of this show, who's listened, and who's watched us over the years. We cannot thank you enough for being part of the pop culture cosmos so for josh peterson this is gerald glassford it's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great
1: Drew Leiter.
2: And I'm Cletus Jacobs.
1: Join us this winter as we watch changes in the DC universe unfold. We'll keep you informed on DC news. We'll review the future state event. And of course, we'll be talking the Arrowverse shows when they return this January.
3: Thanks for letting us be a part of your DC Comics journey. And thanks for listening to the earth station, DCU podcast,
1: part of the ESO network.
0: You're listening to a Weeby Geeks network podcast.